Welcome to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Garcia. And on this episode, we're going to be joined by my co-host, Wesley Perkins. And we have a special guest joining us today, the founder of Project Spurs, Michael A. DeLeon. And what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about some sad news that we received today. Unfortunately, Spurs fan favorite, Boban, has joined the dreaded Dallas Mavericks, our rivals. So we'll go ahead and uh, dive right in and talk about that. And we're also going to mention something about DeMarcus Cousins. I believe there's some rumors swirling around that, you know, he might have a, a meeting coming up next week with the San Antonio Spurs. And we'll talk about how maybe we can fit him into the team roster. And is he a good fit moving forward with the San Antonio Spurs? So we'll cover that and a lot more on this episode. So let's dive in, guys. What do you think about the news that broke today about Boban joining the Mavs? Since you are our guest uh, today, Michael, we'll start off with you. What did you think about that? First, I'm heartbroken for 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 Tobias Harris because the the whole uh, Bobby and Toby show is over now, and uh, you know I know they're like best friends, they're buds, they had that romance going, and now it's it's done with. But um, well, that could be done, but now they're in different cities. They had been in Detroit together, then in LA together, and then Philadelphia. Uh, but then I was telling a, a friend of mine, I was like. As the people in San Antonio didn't hate Dallas enough, now it's going to be like years. Now they've got Boban, who's always the guy that he's always that 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 one spur that nobody wanted to leave, but you know he had to go and make that money, and uh, so now it's going to be kind of I guess even even harder. But good for him. I'm glad that he's still getting some good market value out there for for himself, and um, so he'll be able to you know uh, earn a good contract. Unfortunately, to Dallas, but that's about the only thing. Yeah, they kind of broke up the Bobby and Toby show. Rest in peace, Bobby and Toby. It is no more, but it would have been nice to see Boban at least maybe come back and play for the San Antonio Spurs at least one more time. I know the fans would have loved it, but the actuality is, you know, the team is kind of moving in a different direction. It's business at the end of the day, even though we really do love Boban. Who doesn't? He's a great teammate. Guy likes to have fun. He's all over social media. Um, he's a great, great presence in the locker room. Well, he he's he fits in so perfect with the San Antonio Spurs as far as like what goes on behind the scenes. But unfortunately, the nature of the business is it looks like the Spurs are starting to get a little bit younger. Kind of they have that youth movement going for them, and there was only so much money to go around. They do kind of have a full roster right now, so they, all these factors came into play, and you know they just eh, we're not going to make an offer. Uh, you know, somebody else picked him up, and that was the Dallas Mavericks. So what did you think, Wesley? I know you love you some Boban. So what did you think about the news that broke today about him joining the Mavericks? Yeah, I love me some Boban, but yeah, I don't I don't love me some Mavericks. Um, you know, I think it doesn't bother me as much if as if, you know, it were maybe um, he, he were going to the Mavericks when they were in, you know, championship level team and whatnot I, i'm happy for him i'm happy that he's he's garnered a, a spot for himself in the nba where he's wanted and he can as as michael alluded to and, and joe you did too that you know he's able to get a good contract and, and and continue to play and to be frank you know there are so few markets now for big men of his uh of what he does i mean a shot blocker rim protector guy is going to get you boards you know he's a uh, hard to move object there in the middle of the paint but you know, you look at the direction the NBA is going, and, and there's very few and far between of those centers like that anymore. And so, 
you know, good on him for being able to, to carve out a niche and continue to uh, do things. And even though, you know, his time, uh, you know, is, has come to bring him into, into Texas and it's not with the Spurs, I'm at least happy that, that he's close by and that, that he's uh, continuing to find a way in the NBA. And who knows, maybe, maybe down the road, maybe he'll find a, a way back to San Antonio at some point. Yeah, I'd like to see him come back to San Antonio, even if it was just for like maybe a one-year contract. You know, we bring him on. He'd probably see limited minutes, but those minutes would be amazing. You know, it's we like to see Boban rejecting guys and just going up and, you know, to the rim, strong to the rim and just having a thunderous dunk. And it gets the fans ignited. It gets the players going. He's like the kind of like that Energizer bunny that comes off the bench. You know, it's it's he just has this this aura about him where you see this big guy out there on the court and you just can't help but get excited to see him play you know so i'd like to see him come back one more time if if it you know the spurs are able to work that out somehow down the line it would be great to see unfortunately just not probably not for the next two years you know maybe he'll hit free agency at another juncture and we'll get him at a maybe a, a med level exemption or something or the league the veteran minimum so only time will tell but uh moving but Joe, michael let ahead. me ask you this i mean because you know, I, I kind of feel like Spurs fans, you know, they didn't appreciate him. They kind of, you know, Pop, Pop alluded to the fact that they, they kind of treated him like a mascot. I mean, do you feel like most Spurs fans would have welcomed him back as a integral part of the team or just as somebody to just kind of gawk at? I mean, be, uh, just to be honest. I think they would have welcomed him back because he's added a little bit more to his repertoire now where he's not so one-dimensional. But, you know, he's he has his usefulness at times, but there's still a lot of things that, you know, you 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 got to put into consideration when you're putting them out there on the floor. It all has to boil down to matchups. And if the Spurs want to get younger, more athletic and faster, Boban quite doesn't fit that build. But that's my opinion. What were you going to say, Michael? No, I, I actually agree with you. And, and, you know, I think back then, uh, sure, it was kind of a mascot. And now, now he seems to have added a little bit more. He's extended his range. The, the problem is that I mean you can only play him so many minutes. Uh, his his stamina isn't there. You can't play big minutes, and you can't play him against uh, faster guys, or he has a hard time uh, covering ground. You know, is uh, that all speed and all, all that? So he would purely be kind of a situational type center, a guy that you need just to you know be a rim protector, a guy that you know clean up rebounds and things like that, and against some of the bigger centers. But other than that, I don't think he would be. I, I don't see where he probably would be like starting or anything like that. I don't think he'd be that big a part of the, the team or the offense. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you on that regard. I don't think he'd ever be a starter per se unless it's a, a matchup situation, you know, that Popovich would have seen if he had, in fact, you know, had, had come and joined the team. But that's not to be. So eh, we'll just go ahead and move forward. And, you know, like we said, maybe at some time the, the Spurs will revisit that. They can get him at a bargain, you know, Maybe they'll go ahead and pick him up. But moving forward, we had some news that broke out, you know, about DeMarcus Cousins. It seems like we had, uh, you know, DeMar DeRozan uh, kind of talking with them a little bit. So I was like, hmm, that was that was interesting. Um, so they had, you know, we, we saw some stuff come out on social media. And from everything that we've gathered, it appears that the San Antonio Spurs are going to have some meeting with DeMarcus Cousins, uh, possibly next week. 
we don't really know if that's uh 100% solid <laughs> you know it's a uh, an NBA uh insider that's reporting that somebody that I don't really know all too well so I won't divulge the the source but until we hear somebody really put that out there we're just going to say it's more of a rumor um but what did you think about that if this DeMarcus Cousins kind of you know rumored to have a meeting with the San Antonio Spurs what do you think about that how do you feel about that really Michael you know it's funny because when free agency was first getting ready to get started people were putting together this of targets and a lot of people put DeMarcus Cousins name on it and I was like oh that's kind of cute right yeah whatever that's not gonna happen uh but I mean it, it just seems like I seriously thought that early in free agency there was gonna be a team New York Knicks most likely it was gonna that was gonna strike out and overpay for somebody like Cousins that hasn't happened there has there have been these teams I think everybody's still waiting for the whole thing to happen with the the guy that's in uh, Canada tonight, apparently. Um, that's uh, his decision. But apparently, you know, what what DeMarcus Cousins did last year and taking that pay cut to try to kind of like prove that he you know, can get back to the player he was, he's probably going to have to do that again. But there's still a lot of hurdles standing in the way. So it's kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, okay, yeah, it's not out of the question completely, but a lot – still would have to be done for that to even become a possibility. Yeah, you know, there's a, I guess a lot of Spurs fans are kind of split in the middle when it comes to should the Spurs pick up DeMarcus Cousins? You know, I remember specifically there was an incident. You tell me if you guys remember this, where DeMarcus Cousins went after Sean Elliott. Remember that? Remember yeah. that. Remember that, and he got <laughs> yeah. suspended. Didn't he get suspended, or he got a, a, a you know, fine, a fine I believe, fine, by the sure. the league for for that type of behavior. You know, because I believe it was something that Sean Elliott had said, and he was calling the game. If, if my memory serves me correctly, and it's something that Demarcus Cousins heard. Is, wasn't that the situation, Michael? Yeah, apparently Sean Elliott said something like how. Uh, how Cousins was trying to bully Tim Duncan. Basically, that's not a player that you bully that you can get away with bullying and stuff like that. And, and apparently, Cousins took exception to that. And while Sean was out there competing his uh, on-camera work, he went out. He kind of went out there and decided to start getting into his face and everything like that. They didn't exactly go into detail about what happened, but apparently, you know, he had to apologize and he had to pay a fine or whatever. But um, so yeah, it's funny because ever since this whole report has come out. You wouldn't believe how many people I've talked to, like in my regular life, say, oh, I don't want him because of that whole, just because of that whole situation. <laughs> and I'm just like, if you can add to Marcus Cousins, and, you know, obviously there's a lot to be done there. But if you can add him without giving up too much, you know, you kind of, you kinda, I think Sean Elliott would forgive the, the whole situation. Yeah, I think he would forgive that situation as well. But let's go ahead and get Wesley's take. Wesley, you heard this rumor, you know, that the Spurs are going to, have a, a sit-down meeting with DeMarcus Cousins. How is that sitting with you, and how do you think he kind of, like, fits in with the the whole Spurs uh, mantra, you know? Well, hey, I, I was kind of that guy that uh, Michael was talking about. You know, I'm, I'm rarely ever uh, put rumors out there that I'm ever right about, but uh, if this one comes true, I would I would, uh, I would have to gloat a little bit. I, I You know, I, I kind of just thought that this was something that really could happen because when you looked you know at this season what happened with golden state 
Um, you know, he didn't he didn't really prove what he could do from that injury yet. I mean, he had some decent numbers, but not a big sample size. And then he really struggled when he came back in the playoffs. And to be fair, he probably wasn't quite ready at that point. But if you look at some of the facts, just just look at some things, okay? So so let's say let's say that, that as a rumor at least that Demar reached out. We don't know that for sure, but we do know that Rudy Gay played with him in Sacramento. We do know that Cousins has the same agent as Aldridge, and we also know that Demar and Boogie played together on Team USA. So you know there are a little bit of things there where you say the smoke that that could turn into some fire. Uh, I really honestly believe it's the perfect Spurs situation. You know, how many times have we seen the Spurs take on a player that many can, kind of characterize as past their prime or they're they're not going to ever come back again and they don't have a, a, you know, a prominent role anymore and they're trying to prove themselves. The most recent one, of course, is Rudy Gay. I mean, who's come, who came off of that Achilles and pretty much everybody was ready to just drop him as he was done for his career. So here comes Cousins. In a style of play, let's let's be honest, guys, that way fits his skill level better. Because I always thought this, too, that the Warriors was the wrong spot for DeMarcus Cousins. That style of play coming off that kind of injury was not befitting of what he needed in order to continue to have rehab. You know, you could just see that that fast style that, you know, up and down the floor, you know, shooting three pointers and, you know, get as many shots as possible. You know, it just that doesn't fit what he can do and it also especially coming off his injury was something that probably was detrimental to him in the long run but i really feel like the spurs are the perfect place one because of the injury management you know we we know despite what the what the villain <laughs> from the north says we know that the spurs doctors and that their training staff is the best in the nba by by far they they pretty much wrote the book on what it's like to to have injury management and so now you come to a club that you've already seen the success of Rudy Gay and what he's been able to do coming off that injury, and you have guys that he's comfortable with, and you have a coach who, that's the other part of this, is that he has a good relationship with, and knucklehead or not, he's going to come on the cheap. I, I guarantee you he's worth that risk. Yeah, and that's the thing, though. You know, when you look at somebody like DeMarcus Cousins and you've seen what he was able to do in this year's playoffs, especially in the finals uh, when the you know Golden State Warriors were riddled with injury he was productive you know he had some good games that he was able to put some some good he had some good games he was able to put up some points played solid and you can see that he still has some game left in him he can be effective out there so given all that and even uh i remember seeing a report somewhere i believe it was on nba tv or one of the four letter networks um where we saw they they were talking about demarcus cousins and they said he no longer wants to be uh, called Boogie. Now he just wants to be called DeMarcus. You know, so I was like, maybe he's trying to leave that, that you know, persona, I guess, behind him, uh, showing that he's kind of uh, grown up a little bit, which is a good thing, you know, especially right now during free agency. You know, his, uh, he's not really going to be one of these guys that is going to garner a lot of attention, you know. So I think that he's going to be looking to, you know, like uh, most people are, are thinking right now, He's going to go and do a, a one-year deal with the team, show that he can still play at a high level. He can still be, a, you know, a really solid player uh, and kind of prove his worth. So I think if he can go and do that somewhere on a team uh, that'll give him a shot, I think they're going to be happy, you know, with him and his production. And that could possibly lead to him maybe getting more offers uh, during next uh, season's NBA's you know, free agency 
and maybe he'll he'll get a deal that's you know more than just one year you know maybe several years and you know maybe he'll get a, a pay raise because i believe right now if he was to sign for with another team is you know whether it be the spurs or somebody else for one year they'd probably give him less than he was making with the golden state warriors and he would probably be playing for maybe either the uh what the the veteran minimum or or less than that if, if my memory serves me correctly isn't that what they were saying michael it just depends on the team, but like yeah. Bills or Spurs, you'd have to take a piece of that of that mid level, which is like three million left of that. Yeah. So that's not very much. So it would have to be a piece of somebody's mid level, or if they, or if they have the biannual exception, they could probably use that. If not, then it's yeah, it's definitely the veterans minimum. Yeah, because I I kind of asked the question today, and I told uh, Spurs fans, it's like if you can get Boogie for a one year deal, who would you? We'd have to get rid of somebody. Who would you get rid of? And one of the names that keeps coming up that the Spurs will have to get rid of if, in fact, they do make an offer to Boogie and, and they want to sign him would be Shemezi Metu. I know a lot of Spurs fans feel a certain way about him. He is very young. He's raw. He hasn't had a lot of playing time. Some Spurs fans feel like he can still develop and be one of these role players. Others feel like, you know, he really hasn't shown him much and they, they're not a fan of his. So... If they were able to, let's say, procure this deal and they get rid of Shizemi Metu, would you pull that trigger, Wesley? Yeah, I think I would. And, and for, for no other reason, this is a guard league. Um, you know, you still have to have the big men. And I, I think, though, if you if you sacrifice Metu, he's not ready to play right now. And we've seen and – that's, that's not an indictment on him. It, he, you know, he, I think he wants to be a great player in this league, and I think he'll, he'll land somewhere. Uh, if you if you were to get cut um, for this deal, but you know you look at a guy like Cousins who's going to come in as a as a big guy who has a skill set who's also added a three point shot, you know he kind of fits more of the mode of what a big man does nowadays in the NBA. And and whereas Metu on the on the roster, he's he's probably not going to come out of uh, Austin, you know, for the season. And uh, you know, still quite a project, still quite a ways away probably from from league time. Um, but you know, again, even even if you free that up, kind of to, to Michael's and to, to Joe, your point too, you still have to shed some salary because I don't, I really don't think just part of that mid-level plus uh, even the biannual would be enough, or you know, especially not the veterans minimum. But it always it comes back to the same thing, right? You know, the Spurs kind of took on a little bit of a bad deal when they when they uh, brought back Marco. He's done some good things, but is he really the, the type of player to go forward with for? for uh you know down the stretch for this next year and then beyond and of course we all know we can lament it all we want but the patty mills deal is is really killing the spurs right now um in terms of money tied up and it, it's it's all about can you find uh somebody to take on one of those players you know um where you could free up some money that would really probably entice him uh at least for a year and then you'd have to drop a, a meta too so like to your point joe you know that would probably leave them if they got uh, trade and traded maybe for a, a pick and you know you know got rid of a, one of those contracts and you know cut Metu then they would be down to probably 14 and you know that would give them some roster options maybe going forward yeah hey Mike I was going to ask you a question say uh, you know hypothetically here that the Spurs wind up signing DeMarcus Cousins do you think the Spurs will actually start him and then have Yaka Portal be the backup or do you think it'll be vice versa where they still start Yaka Portal and you know Demarcus Cousins will be coming off the bench. How do you how do you think they'll use him 
if in fact they do sign him. Yeah, no, knowing Pop, he'd probably start with Hurdle, and then you know just just give give Cousins the time to continue to. Yeah, I mean I'm sure he's he's probably a lot better by now, and he would be. But just like I said, knowing Pop, I think he'd want Cousins to have more time with the Spurs system, more time on the floor, and not stick him into the fire right away as a starter. But um, yeah, I mean it, it, that's that's just the only way I, I see it happening. And and, and to your point, about Metu, it's funny because I'm the same way. I like Metu, but do you get do you wave a, a guy like Metu if you can get Cousins? Absolutely, you 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 have to. But they they still have a lot. They still have a lot. like I said, really the only they have two options right now. They have they can get rid of the player just because and then clear and sign to three million. Or they can, but they, even if they trade players and get rid of, like, say, Patty's contract, twelve point five million, that still leaves them with another, like, they're about, I want to say, close to twenty million over the cap. So <clears throat> clearing Patty still doesn't do enough to to get them under to where they can actually absorb more salary than that three million. So they have to work out like a sign and trade with the Nets for the whole Damari Carroll thing. Maybe do something like that where they can send a player back in order to get him to open up some roster space. So there's definitely some there's definitely some some hurdles there. But um, yeah, I mean, I think if you can get a player of that of that caliber, even the way he played last year, I mean, he, he was still. I mean, yeah, he had problems with his stamina. Uh, he was the condition was hard being in the system with Golden State. But I mean, he still had what like 16 points a game, eight rebounds. You take that. Yeah, and I was going to tell you um, another thing that I was uh, kind of looking at here with with Cousins is what about him being able to you know really play a full season without without getting injured? You know he he came back from injury, he got injured again. You know this time it yeah. wasn't you know his Achilles. He hurt, I believe it was at his knee or his ankle, something like that, um, or or a hamstring issue that he might have had, and he had to battle back you know, through that injury again and go through the rehab and then come back again. And, you know, he was available for the playoffs, for the Warriors, and they utilized him. You know, a lot of people thought he was going to be done for the rest of the season, but Warriors, they, they needed somebody because they, they were losing bodies left and right. So they, they were kind of forced to, to play Cousins. And he performed quite well. But my thing is, over the course of a full NBA season, how durable do you think he's yeah. going to be? I mean, if you can get him for cheap... Why not pull that trigger? But over the long term, if you let somebody young like Shizemi Metu go and you're going with this veteran and DeMarcus Cousins, it's kind of a gamble. How, how durable do you think this guy is? Yeah, well, I, I'll, I'll take this one first, yeah. Joe. The thing the thing is, is that I think it's a win now league. You know, this, this whole league now has just shifted so much. I hate it. I don't like the whole, you know, power team. You know, my best player, you know, calls your best player and we want to all get together. But that's the reality of the matter. That's where we are, you know. And I think that the Spurs have enough young talent right now to build on that's going to be the future of this franchise for years to come. I just feel like this would be the opportunity to get maybe, and this is kind of a funny way to put this, this would be kind of the underdog big three. You would have three guys who have all been all-star caliber or still are when they can play their best at a, at a time 
that would be together on a team that just a year ago we probably thought was dead in the water, going to miss the playoffs, has no chance. So if you bring a guy like like Cousins in and you bring him off the bench, who else has a more potent bench than taking Rudy Gay and him and you take, you know, you obviously take in into effect what's what's going on with with the with the younger cats and uh, Lonnie and what he's doing and his improvement and you know you start looking up and down and all of a sudden wow this Spurs team has got it would have gotten really deep and you really have something to kind of say to say hey we have a quiet big three I think it would be phenomenal honestly yeah what about you Michael as we were talking about with durability with Demarcus Cousins how durable do you think he is and you know like Wesley was uh, alluding to you know the Spurs do have this youth movement going on so what are your thoughts yeah, I mean that. I think that's what he has to prove. I mean, really, I mean that he's gonna have to prove that he can stay healthy for an entire season if he wants to another, another payday like he got with New Orleans and with Sacramento before that. He's got he's got to show that. I'm I'm honestly not sure because I felt like he he tried to fast track himself back to playing shape so fast with Golden State. He went to get back so soon. He had been talking about making it back by All Star, and he made it like shortly after that. That. You know, I, I'm not sure he did himself any favors by doing that. And so, you know, maybe having the full off season and, you know, to get himself back into, because really, I don't think he ever got himself back into full playing shape. Like, like you know, what we're used to seeing from him because he was still obviously going through, you know, rehabbing his injury and, and getting back into that shape. That's why Kerr took that, that approach of playing him uh, limited minutes or rest him. Over the offseason, he has the opportunity to do that and then show that. So, I mean, he could do that, but I mean, the injury that he came back from was pretty, pretty terrible one to have to deal with. So, I think that's just that's the big question mark, and that really is going to decide his future in the league. Yeah. So we'll have to see, you know, exactly how this whole thing will pan out with Demarcus Cousins, love him or hate him. You know, I think Spurs fans are more than likely going to be ecstatic if the Spurs can pull out a deal and. Sign him, he'd be a, a solid backup, I feel, or even a starter, uh, you know, just dependent on matchup, you know, matchups throughout the season uh, with the Aka portal, you know, and you kind of like his veteran leader, you know, leadership and you like that he's been around the league for a while. So he he can be a true professional and he like we alluded to, he doesn't want to be called Boogie anymore. He wants to kind of leave that behind him and he's kind of moved on and, you know, looking to to kind of reinvent himself. So. You like a lot of the good things that you're hearing from DeMarcus Cousins moving forward. I, for one, will be excited if, in fact, the Spurs can, you know, procure this deal. I think he brings a lot to the table and, and Spurs fans will no doubt being where will be wearing his jersey uh, over at the AT&T Center during game days. But I want to go ahead and talk about one thing before we start uh, coming to a close here. Uh, things that broke uh, earlier in the week or earlier last week, should I say, near the end of the week. We got word that, you know, the Spurs had made a deal with Rudy Gay, you know, which was what they really needed to do. He was the first domino to fall, you know. And then we had a word that the Spurs signed Carroll. And everybody was like, oh, that's a decent pickup for the Spurs. You know, they were able to get him on the cheap. I mean, what were your thoughts on this, Michael? We'll start with you. Uh, first off, you know, with the Spurs being able to procure a deal with Rudy Gay, uh, you know, because let's face it, we really did need him out there on the court. If it wasn't for Rudy Gay, I don't think the Spurs would have made the playoffs and they wouldn't have won as many games as they did uh, this past season. And two, 
Carroll, how do you think he's going to fit into the the whole schematic here with the Spurs moving forward this season? I, I have to really give credit to the Spurs front office on this one. I mean, honestly, Rudy Gay was in the driver's seat in this deal, and he could have asked for, for probably more because really him signing, because he had his bird rights, and him signing could have affected uh, you know the amount of uh, mid-level exception that he had to offer. And the thing is, I mean, I, I know uh, at first a lot of people were upset about the amount. It's only like $3 million more than, than he made last year. And also you have to understand that they can go over – the cap to sign him that money is not gonna what there's the one thing that i i have a hard time explaining people it's like yeah but that money could have gone to sign so and so i'm like no it couldn't have <laughs> it could you could only pay that amount to, to rudy because that because of his bird rights because it can go above the cap so that doesn't affect the rest of the salary cap really at all um they, they could go above and then like i said it, you know he had a great season i thought he did well and, you know, he was a piece I felt like they needed and they needed to bring him back, especially with, uh, really, if they didn't bring him back, I mean, they would have only had, you know, very, very few funds to deal with and, you know, getting uh, a free agent to sign somebody of his caliber would have been really hard because they wouldn't have had that full 16 to deal with. And then Damari Carroll, I felt like, was, you know, it was just one one that I thought a lot of people were going to hate. And I was just like, I, I think I, I said, I know some people are going to hate this, but I love this signing. I think that Tamari Caro is a great fit for the Spurs. Not only has he played under Mike Budenholzer in Atlanta, he's used to that system, but also played in Brooklyn and is used to uh, Sean Marks. And I know that Sean Marks and Atkinson ran, ran a lot of Spurs stuff. And and he's just one of those he's one of those glue guys. And so I, I like that. I like that he can you know def, defend. Obviously, what was the Spurs' biggest problem last year? Defense, and they really um, touched on that through the draft and also through free agency now. And he can also shoot the ball at, at times. And I think he, you know, his averages weren't, weren't, weren't terrible last year. And then he wasn't asked to do a whole lot because they had a lot of other offensive weapons. But I think he's a guy that's going to fit in really well. And uh, so I'm I'm definitely a fan of it. And I'm also a fan of it because they didn't use the entire mid-level they had to sign him. Yeah, that was a smart move for the Spurs, no doubt. But how are you feeling, Wesley? Did you like... The fact that you heard the Spurs were able to go ahead and, and pick up Rudy Gay at the discount that they got him at. And two, what do you think about Carroll? Well, I like two things. First of all, bringing back Rudy Gay made the most sense because you have a guy who fits the Spurs system like a glove. Uh, I think he really appreciates playing alongside DeRozan and the other players there and, and, and for Pop. So it made total sense. I, I think that he's bought into that system and and likewise, although, you know, I know that he didn't have quite the playoff series that we wanted him to have at times, uh, that he was a valuable member of this team and, and provided, you know, great leadership uh, in that locker room. And I'll be honest, I mean, everybody was saying after, you know, Rudy Gay was, was announced that he was going to resign, well, the Spurs are done. You know, everybody just said, well, there, go, there goes the free agent signings just like that. And, you know, just quickly not too long after you got the Damari Carroll news which I was ecstatic about I'm going to be honest with you when I heard that I, I just to me guys I like the diamond of the rust I like the guys that you know maybe they're not tier one maybe they're not going to be you know hall of famers but they're you know I think Michael you said it glue glue guys I mean that's a perfect way to describe Damari Carroll he to me he got, he's like a more athletic version of Bruce Bowen, maybe not as 
good a defender, but certainly a much more athletic player. You know, a guy who can guard you know the four position, and especially for what that four position is now. You know that that stretch four that goes out and and can dog you on the on the perimeter, but then also can drive past you and, and get tough underneath the basket. And to me, that's what Demar. That's what that's what Carroll is. He, he's that guy who can who can guard that position. He can also make the shots that he needs to. He's going to be at one of those corner three guys that you know they need uh, when when the the lane collapses on you know Dejounte. I, I just man, I, I couldn't say enough. I know I I was one of those guys saying that maybe they should explore to trade. You know, Demar or Lamarcus, but good thing I'm not a GM because I, I really like the way this roster is shaping up. I love what they did in the draft, and you know those two pieces especially. I thought they got for the right prices uh, in in Carroll and also in Rudy Gay. Yeah, no doubt. So you like all these moves that the Spurs did make? I mean, unfortunately for Spurs fans, we're not going to get any big name free agents not this season. Maybe next season the Spurs can make a push. And go after some some big name free agent. If uh, you know, we'll just have to see who's available at that juncture. But it all boiled down to to cap space. And right now, the Spurs, as we stated, they were you know, they were over the cap, you know, and there wasn't a lot of money to go around. So I think they did a wonderful job with what they had available to them, you know. So the Spurs off season right now, I'd have to give them at least a solid A. You know, that's just me. Uh, what do you think, Michael? How would you grade their uh, their free agency? Uh, this uh, in this uh, this off season, would you agree? Give them an A, or are you going to give them an F? Uh, I think I give them an A too. I think they did about as well as they could have. I did probably better than I expected. I I know I I had been pulling some people about who they wanted. A lot of people were saying Marcus Morris, who was probably outside of the market uh, range, and then some people were saying Stanley Johnson. I'm happy with the uh, Carol. I'm, I'm glad they were able to bring Rudy back. And uh, one other thing I didn't mention before about Carol signing that I like is. Could you have a better mentor for uh, Keldon Johnson now? Like, because that's oh, yeah. exactly the type of player or the mold that he's in. And so I think having him be there as a mentor for him is going to be great. Yeah. And, you know, I wanted to ask you one thing, too. Uh, we can't not have this podcast and not have a discussion about what's going on with the Spurs right now in the Summer League. I, I watched the first two games, you know, of the Summer League, and I kind of uh, was watching the game that was happening tonight against Utah uh, prior to us recording this podcast. Uh, Spurs were getting murdered tonight. If if any Spurs fan was watching the game, uh, Utah put it on them early, and uh, it wasn't it wasn't pretty. But the other two games that the Spurs played, I thought they did a really good job on defense. The team was uh, playing really great team team defense. Um, Johnson had a good game, and I liked what I was seeing out of Ledbetter. I know he's making a strong push to try to you know get a roster spot with the Spurs because he's been a G League product for so long. Uh, I wish they would give him a, a chance because he's a streaky kind of shooter. You know, when he gets hot, he's hot. And then when he cools off, it's like, hmm. You know, he kind of reminds me a little bit of that uh, Vinny the Microwave Johnson. Remember him from back in the day? Oh. <laughs> he can heat yeah. up in a hurry, but then he'll cool off. You know, and I think that's what happened with Ledbetter uh, in the game prior to this uh, Utah game that we saw uh, tonight. But I don't know. I, I kind of like him. But I don't know if he's really ready at this time or he'll ever be ready. I think he's going to be one of these guys who's going to stay in the G League. And some team will give him a chance. I just don't believe it's the San Antonio Spurs. I did like a lot of things that I saw out of Luka Samanic. Um, In particular, I, I like his court awareness. And I like the way he's able to move out there on the court. 
He's able to come out. He's able to help his teammates. He sets picks. He gets in position to shoot a three, you know. He looks like he has a high basketball IQ, which will fit in nicely with the San Antonio Spurs. And he's an athletic guy. You know, he's six foot eleven. He can run the run the court quite well. I, I saw in one possession where he did run the court and he was able to capitalize on the other end, uh, finishing at the rim with a solid dunk, you know. So you like a lot of the things you're seeing out of this young man, and he's only 19 years of age. So sky's the limit for him. Uh, but he's going to see a lot of minutes, heavy minutes in the G League. And I also like what I'm seeing out of Lonnie Walker. I had uh, said that I really wanted to see what he was going to be able to do in the summer league, how he developed his game. And you kind of like everything that you're seeing out of him right now. I'm not coining him as the second coming of a Tim Duncan or, you know, he's going to be this superstar player for the San Antonio Spurs. I'm not saying that he might not ever be that type of player. But at this point in his career, he's developing quite nicely. His athleticism is off the charts, but he still needs to prove himself. You know, so Spurs fans kind of kind of kind of pump the brakes a little bit. I don't know what this fascination is with Lonnie Walker. He is a great player. Don't get me wrong, but we still need the, the young man to develop a little bit. And that's what the Spurs are good at. They're good at developing these young players. And once they get to this uh, level that they need to be at, we see him flourish here in the Spurs system. And I, I think that's the direction that Lonnie Walker will be going. But so far in this Spurs Summer League, what's been standing out to you besides what I just mentioned? Any player in particular that we should be, uh, you know, keeping an eye out for? Yeah, you know, I, I really, Joe and, and Michael, I really enjoyed watching uh, Samanich. I think, you know, he's, uh, I, I don't want to go too far, but he reminds me of Manu Ginobili in the way that he's got, you know, handles, he's got the the spin move, he's got, you know, a lot of just true natural gifts uh, about him. He's got a good three-point shot, although he can still develop his shot a little bit more. He needs to get more a better mid-range, um, you know, but like, you know, Joe, you were alluding to it, you know, to watch him, you know, make some tough catches and finish, um, you know, and to, to watch his defensive prowess where he's getting steals and getting his getting deflections. Um, you know, I don't, there's only one Manu. I don't, I don't want to say he's Manu, but I really feel like that game is something that we're going to watch progress and where we feel like, you know, he's going to have that that energy type of role where he can do a whole bunch of things for this team going forward. Um, I, I also like, you know, the, the things that you saw out of Keldon Johnson. He didn't have a strong first game, um, but that second game, I think you saw him settle in and showcase what, you know, what everybody had said about him, that he was a steal in the draft at the position that he was in that, you know, quite frankly, most most people – felt like as as pundits that the Spurs did it again, you know, after they've drafted so well at that 29, 28, you know, position over these years. Uh, and I, I don't doubt it either. I, I think that he's going to be an incredibly good, you know, small forward type player for the Spurs for, for many, many years. And, and likewise, Joe, I mean, Lonnie has shown something. I think that he's shown much better patience. I think there are still times where he kind of gets caught out of positions and that he, that he shouldn't, but, Part of that is just getting game experience. The more game experience he gets, the more he's able to, you know, get a feel for that against true NBA talent, the better it's going to be. But, uh, yeah, no, there's a lot of good. And, yeah, Ledbetter, I mean, that's that's a real good shooter. And if he doesn't get his shot, you know, now I, I do believe that he, maybe he's the next coming of, of, say, a Bryn Forbes, somebody who, you know, may take a little bit of time, but he's going to get a chance. And 
even if it's not with the Spurs, you're going to see something from that young man going forward. And what about you, Michael? As I had uh, yeah. was, as I had mentioned, who should we be looking out for? You know, anybody that stands out to you in the Spurs summer league that Spurs fans should keep an eye out for? You know, I mean, I think you guys named a lot of guys, but also one guy that has impressed me in the two games he's played, and the guy that probably not a lot of people expected much from was uh, Quindary Weatherspoon. He just seems a lot, you know, I think part of him being a four-year college player is that he seems a lot more poised. He seems like a vet out there when he's playing. He doesn't seem like, you know, like the rest of these guys. He seems like he knows what he's doing. And um, just just that, that one word is poised, and he's done some good things when he's been out there, uh, showing off a a nice jumper, some some nice moves to get to the basket and things like that. So that's one guy to, that I think to pay attention to. The other guys, you know, just continue to watch. I mean, they they. I agree with you guys. Luca has obviously got a natural feel for the game that that you know you don't see every game from from every player. It's just some, something that's special. Sure, um, these other guys have have impressed, but I would just say, just like you said, Joe, cool is a little bit like the punk breaks a little bit. <laughs> let let them let them get to Vegas. The, the 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 level of competition gets a little bit higher in Vegas, and then okay, then you know after a few games, once we see a little more consistency, because those one game, one Luki game where he did pretty well, and and, I, and some of the stuff I I saw was like ridiculous, and I was just like, calm down just a little, and I and I and I said something in my last recap, like similar to like what Bill Parcells said about. Let's not get the anointing oils out just yet. Like, uh, let's let them watch. Let's be patient. Let them play the full summer league and a few games, and then we'll see where they're at. But there's still plenty of games, so we're still small sample size theater here. Yeah, and you know that's you know something that we'll definitely keep an eye out for. Because um, I mean, everybody's right right now is watching uh, the summer league over in uh, in Utah. Because let's face it, you know, NBA action has come to an end, but when you see the summer league, you get excited again for the possibilities of what's to come for the regular season. And it's also a coming out party to see what these, you know, uh, guys that have just been drafted, some of these big names kind of have to offer. You know, people have been looking and, and paying attention to, you know, a, a plethora of different names out there on the court. So it really is good to see, you know, some of these young guys in, in action with the Spurs or not the Spurs, but the summer league. And, you know, specifically the Spurs as well when they're out there playing in the summer league. So it's exciting. You know, at least it gets you. It kind of fills the void a little bit because everybody wants uh, to see NBA games again on on TV. But this is kind of a good go between because we know once this is over, we have a long way to go. You know, we're everybody's going to be working on their game. No doubt the younger players. But then we have, you know summer camp coming up and you know things will, will start getting uh i guess heated again come october you know so us as spurs fans this is kind of it you know <laughs> when summer league is over that's pretty much it for us we're gonna be on vacation i think this is where everybody is including myself i'm gonna take off for a week and i'm gonna get a little bit of r&r because it's kind of bittersweet man when the spurs uh season comes to an end you want to see him go and you always want to see him go into the playoffs, deep into the playoffs, and you want to see him go into the finals. But when that doesn't happen, the season is quite long. So you're kind of it's kind of bittersweet, I think, just like me, right, Michael, since we cover him most of the year, when the season yeah. comes to an end, we're just like, I'm kind of happy, but I'm not. 
<laughs> you know? Yes, yeah, like I can I can <laughs> excel finally, but yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of happy, but I'm not because I still want to keep covering the Spurs. But then you're excited because you're like, oh, I can get to do some other things that really need to be done, like me building this new studio of mine. Uh, and it's kind of something that I'm doing every single day, building something or, or doing adding something out here. So it gives us some some downtime. So it's always good. But before we go ahead and end this episode uh, of the Two Shots podcast, I wanted to give you guys a heads up. I'm going to be bringing Carl Schoening on. He's a good friend of mine. Uh, he does uh, Spurs React with us throughout the regular season uh, over with the Ticket 760. Uh, Chris Duell's the host of Spurs React after Spurs games throughout the regular season. And I'm a current, uh, well, a frequent contributor, should I say, to Spurs React. And I go out there and, and cover the Spurs game with Chris in studio uh, during the regular season. So look for Carl Schoening, and he's going to give us some inside information in regards to what's going on over there with the Spurs Summer League. And like I always say, you always look forward to the great content that the great Carl Schoening brings because he's a he's a really nice guy, man. <laughs> he's a, a health fanatic and he's also a yoga instructor. So Carl is a, is, a, is a renaissance man, so to speak. And it was his birthday today. So you know what? Happy birthday to you, Carl. And uh, before we go ahead and end this, let's go ahead and give you guys a chance to plug yourselves and let the people know where they can reach you on social media. We'll start with you, Michael. Where can they find you and all the great things you do with Project Spurs? Uh, just follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash mdeleon, uh, M-D-E-L-E-O-N, and make sure to check out productspurs.com. We've got um, not your typical type of recap after every summer league game, but uh, you know something in there, kind of our observations. And uh, starting in Vegas, we'll have um, our guy Gareth Gibbons. He's going to be out there in Vegas covering those games for us as well. So, so that there'll be a lot more content than the same video stuff. Oh, there you go. So make sure you go and uh, check that out over there for your Spurs Summer League action. Uh, great coverage out there by the guys from Project Spurs. And Wesley, where can they go in and talk sports with you over on social media? Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Wesley Perk. Uh, I, right now, I, I'm loving talking about just the free agent stuff as it, as it happens. And, uh, you know, I, I think this parody in this league right now because of all the moves and the things breaking out of Golden State is pretty cool. Plus, I also want to give a shout-out real quick to the uh, women's national team for making the finals there against uh, the Netherlands and soccer. It's going to be a, a great match, and best wishes to the USA. Uh, hopefully they, they uh, win it all. Yeah, I think that game is going to be played, I believe, on Sunday, if I remember correctly, and it's at 10 a.m., correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I just yeah, want to give a fun. quick shout-out to Alex Morgan. She had that little, you know, thing that she did during the last game with versus England where she went to the side and kind of threw a little bit of shade to them by sipping a cup of tea. Hey, but the in the play prior to that, when England scored a goal, I remember one of the players was kind of throwing shade by doing the goggles show. She's like, okay, we're going to be doing this now. So, you know, yeah. she kind of gave them a taste of their own medicine. I don't think it was in poor taste. They thought it was, but they're the they're the ones who started it. If you don't want no stuff, then don't start no stuff. So I thought that was great by, by Alex Morgan. So that was savage. She's the goat in my book right now. So that was awesome. I can't wait to see the, the finale. Go Team USA. I know me and my daughter will we'll be watching that game. Definitely. So. For Michael A. DeLeon and Wesley Perkins, I'm Joe Garcia. Thank you guys for tuning in and listening to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. And like we always say, spread the love, stop the hate, and be kind. We're out. Peace.